the Brave Church podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope that you're encouraged by today's message. I think it's interesting that these guys who are hanging out with David, they're broke, they're busted, they're disgusted, they, they owe money to people, they're not happy with their life, and, and maybe you fall into one of those categories. Maybe you're here and you're like, yeah, pastor, I've got so much debt that I don't even know what to do with it. I feel like hiding in a cave. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you say, man, I've tried changing some things in my life. And maybe you're here and you're dealing with some consequences of some choices that you've made. Like maybe you said something about a friend and that word got to that friend. And now you're dealing with the consequences of your words. Come on, anyone ever had consequences of your mouth? Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, we all have. And, and, and maybe you're here, you're like, man, I've tried to change some things. Maybe you can identify with David and his men where you feel like you can't win. It's like, man, I will take two steps forward and I end up taking four steps back. I'm doing everything I can do. I'm honoring God, but it just feels like I can't break through. I can't win in a certain area in my life. I'm trying to develop these new habits. Pastor David, I took the 21 days of prayer challenge home, but I haven't been able to do it. I don't know. I'm not a reader. I'm trying to read God's Word, but I'm not a reader. I try to pray, but I don't know what quite to pray. And so we get to this place where we feel defeated, where we feel like, man, I I can't do it. Or maybe you're here today and you say, man, I've tried to be a better husband. And after all that I've done and I work hard, my wife still fill in the blank. (laughs) And maybe you're a wife here today. You're like, my goodness, like I cook and I clean for this man. I go to work too. I take care of the kids. I've apologized 1 million times and my husband still fill in the blank. Things will never change. I'm trying to be more committed as a friend. I'm I'm trying to date better. I'm trying to pick better people to be a part of my life. I'm trying to be more disciplined and not go into debt. But man, I just can't stop spending money. I'm trying to eat healthier. But my Lord, when I go into Costco, why they got to have the samples of the Ghirardelli double chocolate chip brownies? Nobody knows what I'm even talking about here today. Can I get a witness from somebody who loves yourself some chocolate brownies? Mm. All right, let me be more relevant. I'm trying to go past that little Ventana window and not get a pasolito de queso. But pastor, they had to buy one, get two for free. I'm trying to change. I mean, it's, it's almost September. We're in the middle of August, and I had New Year's resolutions. And, man, I had them work out in my mind. I knew what I was going to do. I've tried to change. I'm having some health issues. And so, you know what? I'm trying to work out and exercise. In fact, I even have a membership to a gym, Pastor. But every time I go to the gym and I'm disciplined, I get on the treadmill, and then somebody gets on the tra- treadmill next to me. And I know he's using more than what's on the weights over there. And his results don't look like my results. He's putting something in his body. And I'm sitting here working hard. And I've been coming for a day. And I haven't even lost a pound. (laughs) Which, by the way, do you know I found out the most difficult machine to use at the gym? You ready for this? The most difficult machine to use at the entire gym 
is the front door. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that's true right there? Come on, how many of you know we're telling the truth? And now pastors preach it. You know, <laughs> come on, how many know if you can just make it through the front door? It's downhill from there. But I'm trying. I mean, I even told God, God, you know what? I'm going to start coming to church more. Pastor several weeks ago said, give a year and, and watch what God will do. And I'm trying to go to church more, but something always comes up on Sunday. <coughs> I mean, there's always a birthday. There's always a quinceanera. Something's always happening at the party. I, I, I had a good heart. I had good intentions. I wanted to come to church, but something keeps happening that I come on has anyone ever lived there anybody ever know what I'm talking about They're like I'm gonna try to tithe but man I'm just gonna spend all the money I'm gonna try to budget but man I just don't have the discipline I'm gonna try to read more I'm gonna try to lead more but I don't even know where to start to lead or read and so he, here's what happens in our lives when we get to that place it's in your notes it's easy to get discouraged has anyone here ever been discouraged it's easy to win when you have hopes and goals in your life and you've had these ambitions and you write them down and man I'm going to do better and I'm going to trust God more and, and I'm not going to give in to fear and I'm going to let faith rise but then Monday came and man Sunday I felt it it was so real I felt like man I can conquer this giant but then Monday came and something unexpected all of a sudden fear was was all over my life and faith was gone but I'm trying have you ever like felt like man I'm coming to church but man I just feel like other people are getting breakthrough, but I'm not. Like, 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 Pastor, here's the thing. You know, I tried the church thing for a little bit, but ain't nobody calling me. Did you do Brave Life? No. Have you gone to begin? No. Have you signed up for a dinner party? No, but nobody's calling me. I'm offended. Well, who have you called? Nobody. <laughs> but because nobody's nice to me and nobody's calling me, then I'm just not going to go. I tried, and it just it didn't work for my life. David was somebody who he experienced discouragement. Watch this. Scripture says this, that he went from killing Goliath, the biggest champion that was against your nation. And he was the only one who had the guts to walk out onto the battlefield and say, why is everyone hiding in their tents? Somebody just killed a giant. He was unqualified. He was overlooked. Come on, anyone ever felt overlooked? He, he didn't feel like he was as strong and tough as his brothers, but he had a fire inside of him. He had something that was burning deep inside. Is there anybody here today that says, I know I'm the underdog, but greater is he that is in me than anything? Come on, I got a fire. I'm going to walk with authority. I love, I love, I love, I love. I love David because he learned how to walk with authority. But then we find him hiding in a cave, scared to death. I find that many of us, we live in seasons between victory and defeat. But if we're not careful, we surrender to defeat more than we surrender to God's victory. And there's many of us in this room that you find yourself hiding 
in a cave. Oh, you show up to work, and man, you put the smile on your face, and you even showed up to church today with that Sunday morning smile. God bless you. We're doing so good. Woo. But you know as soon as you hit home and you hit your reality, you're going to retreat back to your secret hiding place. David understood what that felt like. And it's easy to get discouraged when we've tried. Like, there's somebody here, like, you're even like, Pastor, I've tried not to cuss people out. (laughs) Come on, can we just get real for a minute? Traffic's going to be crazy tomorrow. But people get on my last nerve on the highway in Miami, Pastor. You don't understand. Come on, we're really preaching now. (laughs) I've tried, and what happens is when we get discouraged, here's the second thing that happens. Go ahead and take notes. Write this down. We go from discouragement, is then it's easy for us to settle. Like, that's how people marry the wrong people. That's how people date the wrong people. Because you've been trusting God. You've been believing God. You're like, I'm going to come to church and I'm going to do brave life. And how come God hasn't brought the right person to my life right now? Boom, 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 God. And so instead of waiting for God, because God's working on you and God's working on that other person, you know what we do? We get discouraged. Man, my, my biological clock is ticking. i got to make some moves. If God's not going to make some moves, so I'm going to make some moves. And you get discouraged. And then when you get discouraged, you go from discouragement to you settle. So all your friends are looking at you like, what? Whoa, what are you doing? Y'all together? And show us how great she is, he is, all this stuff. And everybody's looking at you like, girl, what you doing? Because, because what we do is when we get to, come on, am I talking to somebody here today? <gasps> We're trying to budget. We're trying to save. We're trying to get out of debt. But man, it's just not going away as fast. The mountain of debt's not de- disintegrating as quickly as I thought it was. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to Nordstrom's and I'm going to shop until I drop. My kids aren't changing. I, I, I've tried to be a better dad. I've tried to be a better mom. I've tried to be more present. But man, my kids aren't interested. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to check out altogether. Oh, we tried the whole date night thing, and it didn't work, Pastor. We always got busy, so you know what? Forget it. And even though things look good on the outside, things aren't good on the outside. And even though, man, our kids, they come home, but we're just so disengaged. And here's what I've come to find out is that people can even be successful, and there be a huge void in their life. Like, you can have all the things. You can have the cars. You can have the houses. You can have all the money things to where it's good. Like, you, you have an inheritance to leave your kids, but you're not leaving any kind of legacy for your kids. And we can be so successful that that we are so engaged in our businesses and in our lives and in our sports camps and in all of the things that we do. Yeah, we look successful, but none of us even like each other. We we don't even have a relationship. Like, oh man, we my wife and I we're doing this and we're great, but man, we don't even like each other. We just share a roof, we share bills, we share kids, but man, we're just friends and every once in a while with benefits. Thank you, sister. I'll take it. Because it got real awkward there for a second. <laughs> and she broke the ice and made it okay once again. I love it. <laughs> I 
I mean, we've tried. I mean, and, and, and we get to the place where pastor, man, you don't know how hard it is to be single in Miami. I've tried not to sleep around. I just need somebody to snuggle with. Come on, you know? Like, is that still a word, snuggle? I don't know. It's just, here, here's the thing. I want you to write this down. I don't want you to write this down in your notes. Just because you've always been blank. X, Y, Z, fill that in. Just because you've always been angry doesn't mean you're always going to be angry. Just because you've always been lazy doesn't mean you always have to be lazy. Just because you've never been present with your family doesn't mean you always have to not be present with your family. Come on, are you with me? Just because you've been like these guys in this story that you've always been broke, your family's always been broke, doesn't mean that it always has to be that way. Just because you've always been a person who's always stress-filled and ang ang anxious and ang what's the word I'm looking for? anxiety filled anxiety and just because that's how you've been and like no, that's just how i've been my mom was that way that's how i am we're just nervous people it doesn't mean you always have to be that way just because you've always been that way doesn't mean you always have to be that way i love this story because um david and his men his 400 men they're hiding out in the cave and and, and really to be honest with you they're wimps like david is the captain of the wimp army like, isn't that a great thing to put on your resume? I'm a leader. Who are you leading? Those guys. And they're like, oh. And, and these 400 guys are, are wimps. They're running for their lives. David is running for their life. And, and, and they're, it's kind of like this. I mean, have you ever played hide and go seek and the people you're hiding from try to hide with you? You know what I'm saying? Like David is running from his problems. And his problems were these 400 men. He's like, I got to get away from you. And one by one, all of a sudden, these guys are like, hey, David, you in this cave? And he's like, don't say a word. Don't say a word. I mean, I remember, like, Christina and I and, and the kids, like, every once in a while, we'll play hide-and-go-seek in our house. And, um, and we'll, we'll, you know, the kids will count or we'll count or whatever. But I remember one time, Christina, it was her turn to count. And so... Um, they're like, okay, go. She counts to 100, and I'm going, and I find the perfect hiding spot. And I'm sitting there, and man, I can, I can hold my breath forever if I'm hiding in the dark in a closet. <gasps> like, I ain't moving. You ain't going to find me. And all of a sudden, like, I am in the best hiding spot. And all of a sudden, Britain walks up hey dad are you in there and I'm like no go away all of a sudden the closet door opens and he like dad scoot over I'm like bro this is my hiding get out go find your own spot he closes the door I'm like son Stalkers aren't quitters or losers. Don't say a word. All of a sudden we hear Christina, ready or not, here I come. And Britain's like, <laughs> hey, Dad, you think she's going to find us? Yeah. Yeah. 
sitting there. And it's like, how many of you know, like, it's like complete quiet. Hey, Dad. Do you think she's outside? Why would you know? She's probably right there. Literally. I can't catch a break because we've got this Cuban chihuahua named Lola. And I hear... And then I hear this in the closet door. Lola has stopped in front of the closet and is just staring at it. I don't like any of y'all in my family right now. Christine opens the door. Hey, God, you. I mean, David is in this place where he is trying to hide from his problems. And his problems follow him exactly where he is at. Have you noticed, like, I've talked to people, they're like, man, Pastor Miami's been not good for me, and I've got all these problems and these bad influences and this stuff. I just need a change of a city. I need a change of a place. I'm going to move to another state, another city, another country. Uh, man, this mayor, I'm just going to get another husband, another wife, another spouse, another kid. I'm going to do something. I just need more dogs. I need a different house. And have you noticed that wherever you go, there you are? Like, you can go and try to change your landscape, but if you don't change your life, your problems are going to follow you wherever you go. So David is like trying to take the, the, the fast way, the, the, the cheap way to, to get breakthrough in his life and to get back aligned to his purpose. And he's like, I just got to change my location, change my friends, change all of this. And he goes, and when he gets there, they all follow him. And they're like, hey, so what are we going to do next? And David's like, I'm about to kill all y'all. Because you have problems. But something happens in that cage. Because watch this. I've got like five minutes to unpack the rest of this. And I don't know what has happened to our time. Way too long on the closet story. Um, they're hiding in this cave. Later in 1 Samuel. So 1 Samuel chapter 22. All these wimps. 400 of them. 401 with David are hiding in a cave. They're scared. They're wimps. They're running from their problems. They're running from their destiny. But then later on in 1 Samuel, all of a sudden we see a description where it's the big, big headliner over the chapter that says, David's mighty men. And I read that and I thought, wow, David traded up. Like he got some new friends. Like he must have kicked those guys to the curb and got some new people to lift his spirits. But you find out that that's not what happened at all. What you find out is that something happened in the cave of Adullam. Something happened to those same men. That those 400 men, those 400 wimps, they walked into the cave wimps, but they walked out of the cave warriors. And I've come here today to brave church, to break something open over this house. That you've walked in here one way, but God is going to do something with the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to leave here a different person. Come on, somebody give God some praise. Is there anybody here today that you would say, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of running from my issues, my addictions, my problems. Today is the day. 
that I'm going to fight for my family, fight for my, oh, I wish you would get this today. There is breakthrough in this house. Oh, I'm going to fight. Let me show you his mighty men. Take a look at this. Uh, they go through a whole list. I'm just going to share a few of them. The first one, his name was Joshua Bean. He used his spear to kill one or 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. A whip to a warrior. Hey, David, can I hide in here with you? A few chapters later, boom. Hey, I'll take on 800. Y'all take care of the rest of them. Let me show you another one. Come on, someone's going to get this in your heart because this is prophetic for your life right here. What does the word prophetic mean? It means this, that God has a plan for your life that you can't even see yet and he's already calling the warrior out of you. He's already calling the world changer. You're like, I'm too old. No, you're not. You're just at the right age. I'm too young. No, you're not. Look, Eleazar and King David stood together back to back. Why? Because when they fought against the Philistines, the rest of the entire Israelite army had left. So now it was just David and Eleazar back to back. I love this. It says he killed the Philistines until his hand was too tired to even lift his sword. There is another version of this that says this, that he, he fought until his hand was frozen to his sword. In other words, he fought so hard. He fought with so much tenacity. He fought with so much courage that it says this, that his hand, he couldn't ungrip his hand from his sword. Like, like his hand had just like been frozen to a sword because he, Eleazar is saying, man, I'm tired of running, David. I'm tired of hiding. I ain't running anymore. And so I'm just going to keep swinging this sword. It didn't do that the first service. That's amazing. Yo, what happened to this microphone? It's anointing on that mic. I love Eliezer. He's like, man, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of being the old person that I always go back. I'm tired of me in default mode. Come on, is anybody here? There is a champion inside of me. There is a warrior inside. I'm not just called for a nine to five, and that's my lot in life, and I'll die, and as long as I don't hurt anybody, and I, no, 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 no. God has purpose and potential and destiny inside of you. Eliezer said, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of feeling like I'm not a bad, I'm a bad dad. No. I'm going to fight until I win. I'm tired of this addiction always kicking my butt. I'm going to fight until I win. I'm tired of always being broke. I'm, I'm tired of always being the borrower and never being able. No, no, no. I'm going to fight. Until something happens. I'm tired of believing these lies over my family and my kids. Somebody in this room needs to stand up to your feet and just hold a sword in your hand right now. Come on, I mean right now. And say, man, today I begin to fight. I'm tired of always running. Always running and hiding. Always feeling like, man, our family's defeated. Always feeling like, man, we got money in the bank, but we don't have love in the bank. Tired of running from this. 
tired. I love, there's one more. Let me show this last one to you. Shama. It's where Michael Jackson got it. Shama. <laughs> this feels like the six o'clock service to me. Um, one time the Philistines, they gathered and they attacked the Israelites and the Israelite army fled. But he held his ground in the middle of the field. And he beat back. I love it says that because here's the reality. The reality is the reason why some of you feel like you're losing the battle, it's because you are losing the battle. But the good news is this. Shammah said this. They're winning, but I'm going to beat back the Philistines. There's some of us that need to say, man, acknowledge where you really are. Yeah, man, I, I've given up way too much crown. I feel defeated because I have been defeated, but I'm going to beat back this discouragement. I'm going to beat back. I'm not going to settle anymore after today. I'm going to beat back my enemy. There's another, another one of David's guys. I don't have time to go into all of them, but it says this, that he was so crazy that Man, there was a lion that was threatening his family, and he chased that lion into a pit on a snowy day and said, only one of us is coming out of here alive, and it's going to be me. And he killed How many of you know you are bad to the bone when you're going to chase a lion into a pit on a snowy day? What happened in that cave? Like, like we have to, I mean, that's like the, the natural question, Right? Like they went from like wimps, discouraged, broke, unhappy, hiding from reality to now they're great warriors. Something happened in that cave. Let me show you what happened because it's the same thing that's happening here right now. Number one is this. They were in the right environment. You see, that cave was the right environment. That cave was a place where they were with a, a, a man named David. That, that place was a place where they had a leader who was in a season of discouragement, but that leader had already killed lions and bears. He, he was the one that, he understood what it was like to kill Goliath. So they were in the right environment. Let me tell you something. Church is the right environment. For you to go from a whip to a warrior. For you to go from feeling discouraged to you saying, man, I can beat this thing. I can overcome this thing. I'm going to win this thing. I'm going to conquer this thing. Devil, you cannot have my joy. You cannot have my peace. Depression will be broken off of me. Poverty will. Come on, are you with me today? Church. You may not have a cave of Abilene, but you have a cave, and it's called Brave Church. And this is a cave where you can come up into this place one way and leave here another way. You see, church is a place where not only do we tell you how you can get it right, but sometimes we have to go to those places where we're getting it wrong. Because every once in a while, someone like will say, like, people's biggest thing about church back in the day was like, man... I just don't like, you know, like feeling like I'm, people tell me I'm doing things wrong. That's not always a bad thing. Right? Like where else in our life do we not have like things, people, places that tell us that, hey, don't go too fast. Hey, your boss has like 
here's a deadline. You missed your, you know, like everywhere else. But when it comes to like things with God, we're like, I just don't want to feel like I'm doing things wrong. Church is a great environment. You better believe that while they were in that cave, scripture says that some of them were broke. David was looking at them saying, yo, the reason why you're broke, busted, disgusted, is because you spend more than you make. So stop it. And the soldiers are like, yeah, you're right. I need to stop. You see, the cave is a place where sometimes you have to hear. Sometimes I have to hear. You know what? Sometimes when I'm preaching to you, God's like, boom, that's for you, son. I'm like, okay. There's times where God will just speak to me every Sunday when I preach to you. I can tell you what it is in this message where God's like, well, what about you? Because I can change that part about you. But we cannot feel like, man, I don't want to go to church because I don't like feeling like the things that I need to change. Because here's the second part. We're not just going to tell you where God can change things. We're going to show you how to get things right. We're going to help you not lose. You see, part of my job as a pastor is to help you win, to help you not lose in life, to help, come on, are you with me, to have now, to help you walk into greater victory than you have now, to help, come on, are you with me today? It's the right environment. You see, it was in this environment that David was reminding these men, hey guys, what are we doing in this cave? We serve a big God. He's a great God. And it's not over. It's not going to end this way. It can't end this way. Come on, I've come to tell somebody, your story can't end this way. You serve a big God. You've come to the right environment where I can tell you no matter what it is you're facing, no matter what it is you're going through, you need to lock eyes with me and hear me when I tell you. This is not how it ends. God knows the end of the story. He sees the breakthrough. He sees the, uh, the addiction being broken. He sees the marriage being restored. He sees your kids coming home. He sees... But you got to put yourself in the right environment. Let me just say this. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir because you're here. But, but in case this is like your one hit a month church service, once a month is not going to get it. Not in our world we're living in today. Not with the pressure and the temptation and all the stuff trying to pull your family apart and pull your destiny apart. You to God. The right environment is critical and is everything for you surrendering everything you have to God and watching God bless you. This is the right environment. Club 11 is not the right environment. Club space is not the right environment. So I mean, let me just illustrate. Let me tell you how I know the right environment is so big. Because if you think about all the things and destructive things in your life and decisions that you made, chances are it was made when you were in the wrong environment. How many of you know the losers you keep hooking up with? You're not hooking up with them here. At, you're hooking up with them at the club and then the environment. So you, let me just say it like this. The quality of the fish that you're catching all depends on the quality of the pond you're fishing out of. Bam. Ooh, that was a 12 o'clock extra. Mm. Here's the second thing, second part. The band come up. I got to wrap this up. Here's the thing. The right environment is so critical. The second thing is the right voice. David had the voice of encouragement. Come on, that's what my heart is for you today, is to encourage you. Come on. This is just a season. There's another, there's more in you. 
There's another season that's getting ready to start. This season's about to end. Don't you dare quit. Come on. Get this in your heart. You may feel like, man, I've been giving God a chance, but I'm not seeing the breakthrough. Man, let me tell you something. Before the curtains open and you watch any kind of Broadway play, the actors are always behind the scenes preparing for the main act. Let me tell you something. While you don't see God moving in your life, when you don't see, man, I feel this today. When you don't feel God moving in your family, God's like, oh, you don't see what I'm doing behind the curtain. If you just keep going and you don't quit, The right voice. The right voice. David was there encouraging these guys. Guys, there's more to you than, than this. We're warriors, man. I love this because you're here today and you say, well, I don't have a King David. Yeah, but you have Jesus. You have the voice of the Holy Spirit. And he's the one that's going to tell you, stop settling. Stop believing that that dream will never come true. Stop believing things will never change. Come on, I feel this so strong in my heart today. Some of you just need to hear the voice of God. I'm not trying to say that I'm the voice of God, but just let me just mimic his word of what he says to you. Because Jeremiah 29, 11 it's my favorite verse. I read it several weeks ago. And not to be redundant, but let me tell you, I can't read this verse enough. And some of you weren't here, and some of you need to be reminded of it. But it says this, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. They are plans to give you a future and a hope. God is here saying to you today, you know what? This school year is going to be your best school year yet. God is sitting here, listen, students, saying to you, you know what? You're not going to be the same young lady, the same young man you were last year because this summer I've put something so strong inside of you. You see, that's the voice of God. You see, when you get into the right environment, you start hearing the right voices. I love this last scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Watch this. The old life of running to the old caves, to the old friends, to the old dives and dumps and bars and old ways of thinking and the old ways of the old life is gone. So I surrender, God. Because the new life, Scripture says, is already here. I didn't really understand what that Scripture meant until I was really praying and studying for this. And something really stood out to me that says, this verse says, the new life has already begun. It's, it has begun. That's past tense. It has begun. Some of you, you're here, and you don't feel like the new life has begun in your life because you're looking at the same old situations. But you see, because Christ died on the cross for us, He's already paid the penalty. He's already done everything that He needs to do to bring breakthrough and promise and power and position and, and blessing and health and life and joy and strength into your life. He's already done. So all we have to do is catch up to what He's already done. He's already
already created that destiny, that purpose for you. All you have to do today is just surrender to say, God, I want to catch up to that new life. And you can't catch up to something new as long as you're holding on to something that's old. So let me tell you like this. It's in your notes. Jesus gives real change. This change that I'm talking about, it's not going to come. I'm not talking about self-help Jesus, feel better about yourself. I'm talking about the, the real Jesus. Jesus gives real change. Whatever that area is in your life, you're like, man, I just need this area to change. I just want to challenge you today. Surrender to God today. Ask God even right now. Right now, like, we're not even done yet, but right now, just say, God, I surrender that part of me, God, that I know that you're asking me to surrender. I surrender it to you. I give it to you. God, I ask you to help me to change in this area because Jesus gives real change. You see, you have to understand, it's not over. You can still change. I remember... This concept of, and it was back in the year 2000, it was in the fall of 2000, I was on South Beach. And I really saw this concept of, you're one prayer away from everything changing. And I believe that today. Because I saw that in my own life. I was one prayer away from changing the year 2000 in the fall. I was on South Beach and I was so far from God. And man, I was, I was surrendered to the world and all that that means and looks like fill in the blanks and I remember where man I just felt like God I need to surrender to you and I'll never forget walking through a church door and, and surrendering my life to Jesus and it was I raised my hand to pray a prayer just like many of us are going to pray today and, and it was one prayer and I raised my hand the pastor said if you want God to change your life I want you to lift your hand and I raised my hand and I prayed a prayer and let me tell you something I don't know how it happens I don't know what all the things, but all I know is I walked in a wimp and I left that church that day a warrior. All I can tell you is I walked into that church discouraged and beat up, but ever since that day, I have killed a lot of giants in the name of Jesus. I've looked at every attack on me and my family, and there's something inside of me that's a fighter because of that one prayer. You're one prayer away from everything changing. You're one prayer away from your family changing. You're one prayer away from that discipline changing. You're one prayer away from that habit, that addiction breaking and changing. Are you with me today? I remember that Sunday I walked in, Clark Kent, but man, when I prayed that prayer, I walked out of here Superman. And I said, devil, you better watch out because there's something inside of me now. See, here's what I've come to tell you. You're one prayer away from everything changing. You're in the right environment. You're hearing the right voice of God. My question is, what's keeping you from surrendering? Can you bow your head and close your eyes? So today you're here and you say, Pastor Dave, would you pray for me? Today I need to surrender to Jesus. I don't have a relationship with Him today I just need Jesus to be real and relevant in my life and I'm tired of running I'm tired of living an unsurrendered life maybe this is your first time here ever and you walked in skeptical and you walked in not even a believer but even as you're here and God has just been speaking to you 
we have this saying that we say, give church a chance. Let me, let me take it to another level. Give God a chance. What do you have to lose? Just give God a chance. You're here and you say, today I need to say yes to Jesus. I need to surrender my life to him and ask Jesus to live in my heart. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you for the world, but I'm going to ask you to count of three just to lift your hands and put them right back down. One, two, three. Come on, where are you at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, every hand. Thank you, yeah. Thank you, thank you. There's more of you. There's more. Come on. You know that God is just stirring in your heart. You can put it right back down. Yeah, yeah. Come on, anybody else? I want to wait for Eric because I feel like there's some of you, you're just wrestling with God right now. Today, yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Come on, just three more seconds. That's you. You say, Pastor, would you include me in this prayer today? this for everybody in this room as well if you're here and you say David I've been I've been discouraged maybe discouragement has left you settling you're just like man this is how it's always gonna be I've always been this way it's all and I've settled and today God is moving you out of your cave saying no way there's too much in you to settle let me breathe life on you give you fresh hope and dreams if you're here today and you say today I want to leave here changed today I want to have a warrior heart inside of me today I want to believe God for miracles and breakthrough in my life if that's you I want you to lift your hand all across this room yeah 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 hands up everywhere yeah come on would you pray this with me everyone out loud Jesus today I ask you to forgive me of every sin and today I say yes to you live in my heart Savior in my God. Today I surrender to you. And Jesus, I ask you to help me to never settle again. Today is a day of breakthrough and power. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give God the loudest shout of praise. tuning into today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, please visit bravemiami.com.